here we go. Here we are. That's it. The other, uh, you're listening to Tubity Pods offshoot because the real people are either out of town or taking it easy. So while the cats are away. The mice play. That's it. And this is He Said, She Said. No, this is He Read, She Read. Yes. Yes. We're making this up as we go. Yeah. Uh, Who are you? Uh, I'm the Buckshot Laureate. The Humane Suplex Machine. Yes. And uh, who are you? I'm nobody, but we'll call it, we'll go with Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing? Yes, speaking with literature. Oh, okay. And that's a, no, don't apologize. Um, uh, used to aliases. Yes, exactly. Um, normally when I am on these uh, podcasts here, I um, lean more into the buckshot part of my uh, my name there, talking sure. the, the wrestling. Yes. Uh, but today we're going to go uh, with the second part of my name, with the laureate part, and uh, going to get an opportunity to get super geeky and talk about books that I've read uh, recently. Yes. It's going to be great. It's going to be terrible. I'm kidding. <laughs> Reading is important. Yes. And you've been a real, your beast mode has been unlocked, unfortunately. Yeah. It's been tough to compete. Uh, yeah. I uh, I got in a good habit there, especially now that I have to go back into the office a few days a week. Uh, my commute's about an hour on the subway and on the bus, so it gives me a lot of time to read. And uh, I also got into the habit of reading on my lunch break. Um, so I, uh, I... You work I, at a mine, so it's pretty easy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, especially like going up and down, uh, the chute there. Yeah. The shafts, the shaft. Uh, I, uh, I, I do a lot of reading there as well. Excellent. So. Good. Yeah. So you're banging out maybe three hours of reading a day. Yeah. Sometimes more Ugh. depending on how I feel when I get home from work. Sometimes I'm like, Oh, I got, there's nothing on TV. <laughs> there's no wrestling on today. Okay. So I'll do some more reading. There's no Jeopardy. I know Jeopardy's on every night. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the program, so. Oh. Wasn't sure. Oh, okay. Well, yes, it's on every night at 7.30. Okay. Yeah, everybody, 7.30. Set aside the time. Set aside the time for Jeopardy. My favorite part of watching Jeopardy, though, is like, I, I'm a trivia person. Okay. So I, trivial. I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty good at like trivia questions and stuff like that. I tend to do well at Trivial Pursuit. And, humble brag, yeah. Uh, humble brag, yes. Oh, yes. Um, I am so fantastic that I'm great at trivia. Um, but You've been to a lot of bars. Yeah, and I was usually part of winning teams when I used to, in my bar trivia days. Yes, um, shout out to the, the old days. Yes, um, uh, but when I watch Jeopardy and I get the question right and nobody else does. Um, I'm pretty mean. Yeah, I, I, I like to call <laughs> the contestants fucking morons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, I mean... They're clearly not. They're on Jeopardy, and like I'm, I'm a fucking moron. Often professors. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like authors. very authors. Um, you know, just scientists, like incredibly accomplished people with like PhDs and when, masters and you degrees. Them fucking morons. And I call them fucking morons when they don't get the answer, and yeah. I do. Yeah, like who is Babu Frick? <laughs> yeah, and it's usually. Like the dumb shit like that, oh, okay. that it's just like, yes, they have more important things to do with their time than to watch like Star Wars movies or something like that. doesn't so, matter. A W is a W. Exactly. And so I like to, um, you know, feel superior by calling yeah. these people fucking morons. Yeah. Because they didn't get the question right. 
but I did. Nice. They get so uh, many more questions right than I do. And also hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yes, exactly. Yes. But you get in that moment. Yeah, I feel like because you can actually go online and like do the test and Mm -hmm. see if you would actually qualify to be on the show. And I'm like, I feel like I would actually do well. Hey, why not? I mean, they. I'm sure it's 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 an American show, so there's yeah. a lot of like American centric questions about like U.S. history and and geography and stuff like that. So I feel like I'd be at a disadvantage there. But they do pad it with pop culture, so there's pop culture stuff and just like you know, just general knowledge stuff that for some reason I have. Uh, a, I'm good at sure. remembering. For well, some you can reason. always not be the worst, and someone else will make a terrible decision. Right. Bet everything, bet the house. Yeah. And that's the thing. I'm not a gambler at all, so I I feel like I wouldn't. I feel like I like, might. I made eight hundred dollars on Jeopardy. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. I feel like I would go on Jeopardy, and then like when at the end when they're like, okay, put your wager on this subject, ping, and then they give you the subject. I'd be like, oh, only wager five dollars, and then like I'd get the question right, and then had I wagered more, maybe I would have won, but because. Hey. I'm too scared to gamble. I'll lose because I just didn't put a high enough wager to win. I feel like that's what would happen to me if I ever ended up on Jeopardy. It would be quality TV. Yeah. I just w- watch someone. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, a pretty excitable person. So. You don't say. So <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. Ooh, $80. Nice. Yes. Go into the buffet. And then do a dance. Or go buy some books. Or go, what? really loudly yeah just like that actually yeah it's yeah, pretty loud that is not sorry <laughs> it's okay we're right here <laughs> we're gonna yeah turbo's gonna love these levels yeah yeah, yeah. sorry love turbo. And levels. it's okay all right well enough about me tell me more about you uh not too much i do enjoy reading but uh finding the time not so much has it's been difficult not that i'm sitting around watching tv or playing russia roulette it's just work early the right. joy of shift work. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes finding the time between adult duties such as bathing, laundry, cooking, mm-hmm. consuming—that's what I call eating—and <laughs> uh, the use. The use. So the juggling, the juggling, and you know some healthy doom scrolling before bed. So maybe maybe sub out doom scrolling. I don't have the commute you have though, so that's right. tough. But yeah. uh, we sat down today and just did some reading. Yeah. Did I read an actual book? Not at all. We did not. The game that was the game plan. Right. I had six days to read something, to find the time. Not at all. No. But I picked up a. I'm cheating. Yeah. Known cheater. Uh, I picked up a graphic novel. What's that? It's a collection of comic books. So not an actual book. Right. But there were words. There okay. was a narrative. Okay. So we can go with that, and I'll try and get some more books under my belt to keep up. Right, but what kind of books do you tend to buy and like gravitate towards? Uh, schlock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's the novelization of a movie. Apparently, um, those are becoming more popular again. They are, yeah, Chef's Kiss. You know, Jaws 2, the novelization. Yeah. Based I... on a movie, based on a book. <laughs> Rambo 2, the, <laughs> the novelization based on a movie, based on a book. Right. Yeah, so it gets real stupid. Yeah. I've got Rollerball in uh, the guest room here to crack open at some point. Okay. Is that the novelization of the James Potter? That's a good, yes. Oh, yes. wow. So, yes. I think it started off with, as a kid, I wasn't allowed to watch spooky movies. Okay. But I'd be like, oh, I mean, 
not that it's a novelization, but Cujo was a book beforehand. Right. But yeah. then it'd be like, you know, Friday the 13th, the novelization. You might see it at a drugstore or a used right. bookstore. So you're like, hey, you know what? I can just read this. And there's obviously tons of schlocky, spooky literature. Right. You know, from just no names. Yeah, I found out this week because you told me that you used, <laughs> you. you used to go through like books like candy and you would read like a book a day. It's, yeah, yeah, it's pretty hard. Also, growing up in the country will do that. Yeah. Not a lot of stimulus. But here I am all like, oh, I read lots of books. I'd like to be a book, you know. Like, I can't go back to that place. I want book or friends. I, or I won't be able to function because I'll be on three hours sleep. Because you're always reading? Yeah. So, or Digimon, you know, one or the other. Okay, well, I'd rather you be reading <laughs> sure, than, but... than playing Digimon. Off to Amazon for Digimon, the novelizations. <laughs> I'm sure there's graphic novels or comics of Maybe Digimon. Maybe both, I'm sure. A few screenplays. Okay. Um, yeah, it's the quality. It's, it's the better of the two. Let's start with you because I feel mine's not going to be as long or as, as interesting. Now, you've you've read a few things actually before yeah. you came up with this hair brain scheme. Right. Uh, but recently... You kind of so what what is on the dock of there? I see it in the corner. Right. It is uh say why fish don't exist, a story of lost love and the hidden order of life. Yeah. Written by a man or a woman. A woman named uh, Lulu Miller. All right, all right. How did you come come to decide to purchase this book? Um, so I um I don't unfortunately uh there is no bookstore in my uh, 15 minute radius here you're in a book desert i'm in a yeah a relative book desert i guess like my best bet is going to walmart and then they're yeah. the popular fiction that's out that's 30 percent off which is great always um but it's a lot of stuff that i would tend to like buy on like for my kobo like ebook style because it's not necessarily something i want to keep on my shelf so one of the ways that i um I try to um, kind of scratch the itch of book perusing without actually going to the store is I will find uh, YouTubers that oh, are okay. booktube people who, um, you know, do book hauls or book reviews and stuff. So there is one particular person named A Book Olive that um, I, um, I her fiction choices aren't necessarily what I'm into. She's into like, historical fiction and like classics and um popular fiction um but her non-fiction stuff she has similar taste to me so um because she has spoken about books that she really liked that i also really like that are non-fiction she brought up this book called why fish don't exist by lulu miller and uh, it sounded pretty fascinating so i went ahead and i bought it and i started reading it now one thing i want to point out about this book is that it's gorgeous um it's like great for a podcast yeah yes this is great for a podcast so it's like blue cover and then there's like um gold sort of um drawings and lettering on it and so it's really nice to look up and then when as you go through the book there's actually really nice illustrations that's a horrifying fish man yeah it's a horrifying fish man in a jar here you said it was beautiful so well sometimes horrifying things can be beautiful oh or in the right year Yes. Um, so this book is essentially, it's, it's, it's nonfiction, so it's a true story. Uh, Lulu Miller, the author, she works for NPR. Um, she's a, a science, um, I guess, science journalist for NPR. And um, she went through uh, a pretty traumatic breakup. 
and so she found about found out about this man um his name is david star jordan so he's known for a few things one of them is for cataloging like the majority of fish that we know like he's named i'm gonna guess he's dead Oh, he's super dead. Okay, good. Um, he we just found out a bit of fish like twenty years ago. No, yeah. no, no. So he he found all he would go on these expeditions. Sure. They discovered we guess he's fish, like a white him... Englishman. Yes. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, American. Oh, okay. Um, so and this, yeah, he was born in like the eighteen hundreds, yeah. and then um, one of his big known things is that he was the first president of Stanford University. Okay. So he was in, I want to say, Ohio for a while there, and he had cataloged all these fish, and they were all in their, like, formaldehyde, like, little containers, and there was a fire um, in the building. That, fire and formaldehyde did not go well together. Um, so he lost everything. He went through all the trouble of recataloging everything. This time he was in San Francisco, and then the big earthquake in San Francisco hit, and he lost everything then. He also had a lot of personal tragedy in his life. He lost his wife at a first wife at a, at a relatively young age. A, a few of his children died, which was very as common. was for the time. As was, <laughs> the time. As was common when at you the didn't time. name them at that era. We're like, we'll wait till you're ten, and yeah, then you get a name. Then you get a name because then we know you'll you might survive yeah. then. So, um, so we call you lucky, right? And so she um, she was having trouble sort of finding order in her life again because of this um i guess dookie man no um she she messed up actually um and so she ends up uh becoming fascinated with this david star jordan person because he went through so much in his life and yet he, he was incredibly accomplished and 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 kept going um, so she starts going more and more in depth into his works, published and unpublished. And, um, she finds out that one day he went to Switzerland. So I want to read you a part here. Um, it's just a, a paragraph. Sure. So this is this Davis Star Jordan person in 1913. He ends up going to this place in, um, in Switzerland, uh, in the Italian Alps, actually. Uh-oh. Sorry, not Switzerland, the Italian Alps. They're connected. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, with a heaping amount of free time suddenly on his plate, David found himself a new hobby. His travels as a fish collector had taken him a few times to a village in the Italian Alps called Iosta. There he had seen something shocking. Iosta was a sort of sanctuary city for people with disabilities, both mental, physical for centuries, oh, mental and physical. For centuries, the Catholic Church had provided shelter, food, and care to people who had been rejected by their families because of their condition. And many of these people had ended up becoming skilled workers uh, in the fields and in kitchens. Many of them ended up falling in love, getting married, having children. Uh, What emerged was sort of an upside down town, a town where the abnormal was normal, where people were, uh, where people often disabled by society received received the support that allowed them to flourish. Now, I personally read that and I was like, wow, that's amazing and beautiful. That's great. I mean, it's sad that these people were rejected by their families. But it's amazing that there was um, a haven, a haven for them, and that there is uh, people who invested in this community to help these people, yeah, have normal lives because they are people. Exactly. Now we said <laughs> that this monster saw that as um, I'm gonna catalog these freaks. Um, no, he was like, ah, uh, this place is a good case for eugenics. Oh no! And he became like. 
a militant eugenics proponent person. So this man that wow. this poor woman was so like, close. was so um, enamored, and I guess enamored with, and was trying to find meaning and learning about his life. She finds out that he's this monster. Now, something that's very interesting that I read in here, uh, the Catholic Church. It's like me getting big into like Michael Jordan. I I no. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, I don't know what weird shit Michael Jordan might do in his free time, but I'd like to think it's nothing as He won't miss a shot evil. to give a bunch of kids sneakers. Okay, that is... That's bad, but eugenics. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah. But it, uh, there's nothing funny about eugenics. No. Now, um, I want to say something that's kind of interesting. Uh, Catholic Church, hey. very, very rarely on the, on the right side of history, but they were once. Uh, turns out the Catholic Church was one of its loudest opponents against... Uh, Eugenics. A eugenics on the grounds that it violated the sanctity of life. Yeah. So you got one for the Catholic Church <laughs> being on the right side of history. So that means a hundred years ago. Yeah. Right. A couple hundred. Exactly. So now. Um, God, that must have. Yeah. That's the fun thing about research. Right. And so when I, I read this section that I just read to you and I was just like, oh, that's really sweet. Mm -hmm. And then I keep reading and I'm like. What a monster! <laughs> like when I read that he saw these people yeah, and thought, like, yeah, eugenics. Like people. it literally, like it felt like I got punched in the gut. I can see that. Unfortunately, if someone is observing nature, maybe not necessarily feeling like he's a part of nature. Right. Like he's just categorizing. Especially at the time in history where he yeah. was very, very prominent, right? Like he. And these people are essentially like in a Shangri-La. <laughs> so right. As far as for what society as he comprehends of like, right. no, 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 you put this person like in an attic. Exactly. And call it a date. Exactly. Right. So, and like also, I mean, this is a point in time where people didn't think animals had feelings. Sure. And, and so it's so easy to think that like, oh, the, if you're not like, you know, perfectly upright and speaking English or a man, ha ha ha, then yeah. there's something defective about you. Sure. So in the end, I hide all my deficiencies pretty well <laughs> with a majestic beard. And so, <laughs> oh, you're you're way too hard on yourself. Um. Anyway, so uh, as I keep reading, um, she gets some sort of solace in the fact that she ends up talking to a lot of scientists and like naturalists and stuff. Turns out, fish don't exist. So this guy <laughs> spends his whole life like cataloging fish um, as like a, a, a subspecies. Mm -hmm. And turns out, like, fish aren't a thing. Like, if you look at, like, different animals that we You're call fish. You're saying words I don't understand. Okay. So, if you, we look at animals uh -huh. that we say, like, oh, these are all fish. Like, they actually don't have that much in common amongst each other. Oh, and they're okay. technically, like, fish. That's what she means by fish don't exist. Yes. So, she explains it a little it's bit better. It's more complicated than just fish. Right. And so, she explains it uh, well here. So... Uh, picture it another way. Imagine that for a millennia, we silly humans incorrectly believed that all creatures that lived in on mountaintops were members of the same evolutionary group called Mish, the fish of the mountain. Mish. Okay, so Mish includes mountain goats and mountain toads and mountain eagles and mountain men, burly and bearded and enjoying their whiskey. Now let's just pretend same. that even though <laughs> all these creatures are incredibly different from one another, they all appear to evolve in a similar protective outerwear. Um, they, sorry, they all happen to evolve a similar protective outerwear to survive in the altitude. Let's imagine that that outerwear is not scales but plaid. They are all plaid. Plaid I feel eagles. Feel attacked right now. <laughs> 
flat toads, flat men. This is a ruse. Such as they appear with what their habitat, mountaintop, and their skin type, plaid, to be the same kind of creature. They are mish, and we falsely believe them to be all of a kind. That sounds like something an old white dude would say. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so this book kind of blew my mind when I read it. And, like, the funny part is when I started reading it, it was very much just, like, her learning about this man's life and, like, her life is in shambles. And I was just like, okay, I don't know about this book. No, then a hard left. And then a hard left. And then another hard left (laughs) at the end where I find out, like, You're wearing a neck brace. You've got a neck brace right now still. (laughs) What? Fish don't exist. Like, what? So that's why the book is called Why Fish Don't Exist. And uh, so, yeah, so this is a book that I've been wanting to talk to you about. <laughs> and uh, like, yeah, maybe next week. Maybe, uh, next week. maybe next week I'll read something. Yeah. Uh, maybe next week I'll read something. Yeah. So, yeah. And I and I helped you pick it. Yeah? Yeah. You, you gave me three options. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You said, yeah. you're right. You're right. Well, you're welcome. Thank first you. of all. First and <laughs> foremost, I did not know about eugenics. That's I terrible. I couldn't either. Yikes. Yikes, indeed. Yeah. Yikes. So, Man. Yeah. I've got some books about like maybe naturalists or people who've gone exploring categorizing animals right. in Canada that I haven't dusted open. I'm worried. Yeah, now. you should be. I'm worried. <laughs> yeah, the kind of that eye for detail just stops. Probably even just recognizing them as you know creatures. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we we. I mean, there's we do still it all the time. there's still people to this day who. Like, I mean, I'll talk about my cats and their personality, and they're like, are you sure you're not just, like, anthropomorph- anthropomorphizing? It's morphin' time. And then or I'm like, no, I, I can tell when my cat is happy. I yeah, can the tell. real prick right behind us right now, sleeping on my phone. He's allowed. <laughs> really? Well, you, I have no agency. Okay. You didn't need to leave your phone there. I'm so. just, okay, you're right. Yeah. I stand corrected. Anyway. Anyways. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, and I'm not saying it's right to like say animals don't have emotional lives or anything like that. Um, but we are learning more and more about animal intelligence. Right. In general. Right. I read a book about that in. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Uh, yeah. It's called uh, An Immense World by Ed Yong. I read it right before Christmas. It came out last year and it's basically a book about, um, because we, we perceive the world through our five senses, right? Six dom- to some, yeah. And the dominant one, obviously. Taste. I was going to say sight. Oh, okay. Um, Let's and, go around tasting stuff. And so we, we, we base intelligence on how humans excel as far as how we, um, we do things, right? And sight is obviously the, some, this it's, I mean, he uses examples about how, like, we shed light on things mm-hmm. or, like, uh, a time in history that uh, not a lot of scientific development happened was the Dark yes. Ages and stuff, right? So we then decide, oh, these animals are stupid. And it's like, no, it's just they're, they don't use their senses the same way we do. And, like, a dog, for example, their sense of smell is so much more evolved than ours. And they actually, like, there's theories that suggest that dogs can tell time through their sense of smell and so you have this book that sort of tries to explain like yeah we have our five senses but the animals their five senses are different or they might not even have the same senses but because they only have let's say three out of the five then 
they, you know, have a, a, a stronger developed sense of, of another. Of, that weirdo shrimp. Right. The shrimp mantis, shrimp mantis has the full spectrum of color, right? That's, and this is what we perceive through our five senses. Like, imagine there's something else. There's another sense out there that we just aren't equipped to, to pick up on, right? Oh, God. Yeah. And so, like, cephalopods, for example, like uh, octopus. Uh, yeah. Octopus. Octopi? No, actually. Um, octopi. Uh, so, if it was, I feel, I read, I learned this in the same book. If it was octopi, so the word octopus is actually Greek origin. Okay. So, it would be octopuses. If the word was actually Latin based, then it would have been octopi. So anyway, they. Where'd you get a drink? <laughs> they're really good at figuring out puzzles, like yeah, like that. Like you just to their you just you don't even need to show when, them; they figure it out. Their puzzle is the the aquarium that they're staying in, keeping them alive. They right. say, "Like I want to gather this. Ah, uh, this isn't water anymore. Right, I'm drowning, dying. or I'm, I'm I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm yeah. drying out. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, I gotta get back into my puzzle. Right. And so yeah, so octopus, um, they are incredibly intelligent, but we don't know how they know these things almost mm -hmm. instinctively, right? So yeah. maybe there's another sense in, at play that we don't realize. But nonetheless, what bringing up these animals because it's one thing to look at animals. And again, I'm not saying it's right, but it's one thing to look at animals and decide that they're not as great or as awesome as humans, but to look at other human beings and decide like, no, they should be eradicated from, from the gene pool yeah. is just so monstrous. Um, apparently though, uh, after this book was published, uh, he had statues erected at Stanford university and another university, I believe in Ohio or in okay. Indiana, I want to say. Took that shit down. They took that shit down. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So that was one of the books that I read that was, uh, particularly <laughs> interesting that I was looking forward to speaking with you. Yes. Because it rocked your face off. Mm -hmm. And also it was the last thing you expected. Right. You toggle between fiction and nonfiction. Right. Seems. Yes. Okay. Yes. You find that's been, uh, you know, a refresher for you so you don't get burned out on one thing? Yeah. Um, that's exactly why I do it. Because nice. I found that before when I would I would go through reading slumps pretty fast. So what would happen is I would read a book and I really like it. And then I'd try and read another book. And it wouldn't be, good. I'd be like, I still live in the other world and this I don't care. So, um, and then I would read a book about uh, a nonfiction book. And I'd be like, oh, this is really interesting. And I'd go find another nonfiction book. And I'd be like, oh, oh, I don't care about this subject. I'm still interested in the other subject. So I found toggling between fiction and nonfiction helps sure. avoid that, you know, missing the other story. <laughs> so, so yeah. How nice. about you? You, what did you read today? Wait, how, first of all. <laughs> this is uh, dumb, everybody. Buckle so, up. So you, you got, there's an interesting story behind... My purchase of the this. purchase of this, right? Yeah. I think you alluded to it in a in a in a Earlier Geek episode. Street, yes. Geek Street episode, yes. but yeah, I, mean, I grew up with comics, but I don't right. actively buy a lot of comic books right. anymore, being an old ass man. But I mean, there's still the appreciation, and there's just lots of uh, excellent work out there. Just right. if anything, maybe too much to catch up on. So, I there is a local comic book shop, West End Comics. I. Like many local businesses, you know, I'm sure everyone's neighborhoods have changed to some degree. Right. You know, rents go up. Right. You know, things times are tough. So they're definitely a case of like, I do not want them to leave my neighborhood because the panache is uh, slowly fading. Right. As... Yeah, your neighborhood used to be like a fun, cool neighborhood, and <laughs> yes. then 
as things just got more and more expensive, unfortunately, a lot of the, the character and charm to your neighborhood has yeah. been leaving. Our galleries, Greasy Spoon Diners. Right. Uh, or like the Greasy Spoon Diners, like they, some hipster restaurateur will like <laughs> buy it and be like, no, we want to keep um, something that's been in the community forever. And then what they end up doing is just bringing like avocado toast and making the price for everything like $16, yeah. $17. Uh, uh, even just like uh, venues for music, right. comedy, theater. Yeah. Like no one can afford the rents. Yeah. For any of the properties, so anything, so it happens to everyone. All you end up having is maybe, maybe vape shops or a, a shopper's drug mart, and like A and W. Yes, and there's a <laughs> lot of A and Ws. Yeah, they, they're pushing hard. Um, so just the, some of the flair because that was a fun time of like, oh, you know, go grab some greasy breakfast and then swing by that and swing by a couple other places. Right. And so don't buy don't buy a lot of comic books there, but swing by maybe once a month and and try and grab something. The, uh, the easy way on a budget, uh, or also go to secondhand bookstores and usually try and buy something dumb. Right. Even if you get in, like, yeah, you know what? I, I came in here and it was entertaining to look around. Right. I should at least leave with something. Right, right, so right. So just go buy a dollar book, you know, right. and and uh, I do have a lot of those books. I need to catch up. <laughs> a lot of ninja content, too. So it was a magic time in the 80s. But uh, this was just swinging by after work on a Sunday. I guess, coincidentally, there was a big comic book convention going on somewhere right. else in the city so i had been i got there on three in the afternoon i was the only person there all day oh, so wow. the person usually if you work at i know there's no video stores anymore but a, a bookstore or right. a comic book shop or a video game store although i feel gamestop now they don't hide how much they despise the customers right they're like whatever we have to say our spiel for insurance or right, protection right. or this and that but uh it used to be people just come hang out at the bookstore and talk the clerks right, yeah, this is yeah. the reverse this was like the employee like hey man what's going on what are you up to I, I read this and that you could check this out like hey man i was just gonna go through your dollar bins and buy like five dollars of stupid nostalgia <laughs> read them and then just maybe drop them off in the little local little drop box library right. just i just you know I just, you know fill that hole in my soul and be a good consumer obviously of course yes you got to keep your local business going so Five bucks a month, maybe five, ten bucks a month, not too bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, I get entertainment. They get rid of their dumb stuff that they don't. Right. That's just taking up space. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was getting to my ear. Not that I'm antisocial, but right. it was alarming. <laughs> this poor man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, uh, what do you recommend? Okay, this, fine, good. Okay, bye. This is great. Okay. And so, yeah, yeah I'm just kind of, short, like, kind of short, like, no, 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 this is great. I'll just get this. I'll go. Spend fifteen dollars on yeah. this one thing. This transaction's over. Have All a good right. day. Bye. bye. I'm gonna go read this now. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Just backing away. Like, no, man, don't let's don't talk about Star Wars helmets. I'm like, it's okay. I gotta go. Gotta bye. go get groceries. Gotta yeah. do meal prep. Yeah. The joys of being an adult. I'll see you next month. Yes, I will see you next <laughs> month. I hope the other guy's working. Uh, no, the guy was perfect. The guy was perfectly fine, right. but he uh, reeked of desperation. Reeked of just human contact. Right. So, but although people... And you being the, the, the strange loner that you yeah, are. Yeah, troubled drifter. Troubled drifter. Troubled drifter, who, yeah. Who hisses at people yeah. if they get too close to you. Yeah. Or they aren't result. stoic enough. Yeah. Yeah. You should be have a, you know, chin up, sir. Right. But um, people started coming in. So there's a thing of if people see you in a store, more people will come in. Right. It's exactly. a weird... So he was probably yeah. just trapped. Like, as long as one person comes in here... Other people will come in. Exactly. Maybe they'll buy anything, but it's just like it's just him with yeah. his thoughts. Maybe he was just like, I need to keep this guy in here until somebody else comes <laughs> in here. He smells and then so bad. 
and then it's like just this chain like yes. a person comes in you, and it's I like you can leave, leave now yeah. but you must stay until the next person comes yes, in yes this week on the outer limits yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i felt like that so what did you buy is that uh, what you read this is, yes i read this in a, a sitting we were taking it easy we we're listening to smooth jazz uh, Not to be confused with uh, smooth jizz. Yes, if you're in a cantina band uh, for a job with a hut, it's uh, hey everybody, Star Wars jazz is called jizz. <laughs> Just to let you know. Yeah. Um, this is your uh, your uh, weekly podcast reminder. Uh, yes, <laughs> jazz is jizz. jizz in the in the so Star contemporary Wars. jizz, new age jizz, experimental uh, jizz. <laughs> oh God! Japanese experimental jizz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta get that on back order. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the yeah. graphic novel that you read. Yes, it's a collection of a comic book. Now, being a 90s kid, uh, there's a boon for independent comics. Right. There's a lot of, I mean, there's always independent comics, a lot of them super horny, but there's a boon where creators could own their own properties as opposed okay. to like working for one of the big companies. They might come up with some sort of brilliant character and then never really make much on it. Okay. So they kind of like, they create, but then the company, the, the studio or the, 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 publisher. Uh, the publisher reaps all the benefits. Right. And many of the comic book artist and writer has died penniless Aww. and broke. Yeah, isn't that what happened to like Jack Kirby or something? Yeah, not maybe not super duper penniless, but yeah, definitely not for the you can imagine like even retroactively the conversion like of money right. of millions to billions that would have generated, you know, the creation of so many characters like Thor. Right. In collaboration with the writers, but just as far as for right. like you know, this person should be set for life, obviously. Wasn't there something that happened with Stan Lee as, as well, like, at some point in time? Like, he didn't, like, this, break even until, like, he sold the rights to Disney or something like that? Um, or I... he, he he did nothing. And that's the thing, like, falling out of comics. It's kind of a thing of rediscovering them thanks to uh, thanks to Turbo. He kind of, during the pandemic, jumped, dipped his toes back right. into comics. Right. But there's a, definitely a sordid history between Stan Lee and Marvel. Right. He wasn't a part of them anymore. Right. And then he was just kind of like a, a mascot figurehead. And then right. things get even darker in his later years as far as we're touring, you know, conventions and, and getting signatures and autographs. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it is definitely an exploitative industry. Right. So hopefully things are I mean, that's, better now. That's showbiz though. Right? Yeah. That's publishing. That's showbiz. That's, yeah. that's, that's any big industry. Right. People are going to get ground up, right? Exactly. Uh, and sadly, well, it's it's the people, the the, the businessmen yes. who who are quote unquote smart and know yeah. how to exploit people, and it's the creatives that unfortunately, mm-hmm. and they that... don't necessarily have that business acumen, and they don't realize like, oh, I'm actually getting screwed if I sign this over. And this is a time maybe this is just off the top of my head. Maybe there's also the time the, the timeless issue of. Art and commerce. Right. You're like, yeah. I'm an artist, but how do I make right. money to feed my family? Right. If I even want to have a family or just to be successful. Right. And especially when you have this, like, um, like a lot of artists who view, like, I'm not going to sell out. And so it's like, okay, great. You're not going to sell out, but that doesn't stop somebody from taking your your art, your yes. work, and then deciding, like, nope. I'm going to make money now. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, bye. Anyway, um, as you were saying. So but this goes back to 90s where it was a 90s character from Image Comics named Prophet. Uh, the selling point that the gentleman, I think he told me his name, but yeah. I was being inundated with with information. pleasantries. Yeah, and, you, information. You, and you were just thinking like, I need to get to the grocery store like, uh, before it closes. Uh, uh, yeah, like... I've got, I'm on a timetable, Jack. <laughs> the clock is ticking. I got to get up at four in the morning. Right. 
Um, so this is, hey, this is, is a reimagination or a continuation from a comic from the 90s. I'm like, right. I think I did buy that comic, but I have no idea what it's about. He's like, don't worry, this set takes place 10,000 years after that. So it's <laughs> like, whatever that was, good or bad, do not. Don't worry about does it. Does not matter. Nothing. So I'm like, okay, fresh start. I'm like, okay, it's it's weird sci-fi space stuff. I'm like, okay, fine. Cool. So at least with these, you know, I haven't been reading comic books a lot. You know, these right. comics have been going on for 50, 50 years of, let's say, Spider-Man, Superman, right. even longer. So it's like, you know what? There's a lot going on. Give me a self-contained story. Just like you don't necessarily like, you know, trilogies. Yeah. Give me a, with the retreat paperback. Okay, this is you know a, a few a self-contained story, right. and if I like, I can get another volume. Right, right, right. I can dip my toe. You know, I bought something from the shop. Right. I can dip my toe in something different right. that doesn't have this super necessarily long history. Right. Then I'm like, oh, who's that guy? Who's that cousin? Right, right, right. So uh, I'm going to cheat with Wikipedia. Okay. Um, let's take a look here, just for a breakdown, and I'll tell you what I liked about it. Okay. So let's take a look here. It's so weird. So, yeah, it definitely takes place, like, <laughs> 10,000 years in the future. Okay. So, essentially, this is destroyed from Wikipedia, but the things I like. The first issue, Prophet has to blend into an alien city and it find contact to get orders. So, essentially, 10,000 years later, humanity has fallen. We call it the human empire. Right. The planet's been taken over by aliens. Right. The things I like was, it's so far in the future, there's, like, generations of different aliens. Oh, okay. So, it's not like, you know, human... Like, people don't even, I say people loosely, the the, the inhabitants of Earth don't right. even know what a human is. Oh, wow. So it's just it's so far along as far, and just different eras of aliens and different technology. Oh, okay. So it's like going back to so far. He comes, he basically a pod opens up, like okay. a sci-fi trope, and he calms out, coughs, immediately throws up, which I do appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, He throws up. But it's so far. So it's not even like... Oh, these are the one bad alien. Like, there's no, there's aliens, right? There's, so know. there was like a like a gray boy er, uh, yeah. era, and then there was like a xenomorph era, yeah, and then there was like a predator era, and then there was <laughs> that would like... be amazing. <laughs> but then there's like weird like eight leg boy era, oh, okay, and they're all just kind of existing now. Like they got shitty jobs, right, like some right. like a, one guy with like eight eyes won't like having to work with one guy with a purple tongue, right? right, right. You know, and his his eyes are on his tongue. So it's an entire ecosystem of, of different alien, aliens, kind of mishmashed in a melting pot okay. of like, well, this is the planet where life is. So we all lived here or we escaped here. Right. Or in some cases, there were remnants of original human creatures that were taken over by parasites. Or oh, wow. Nightmare wolves or weird things. But everything's been twisted and uh, and warped. But just, just as far as for like... But humanity as we know it. Yeah. It's oh, just it's, this prophet just, guy. Yeah, just one guy, yeah. His name is John Prophet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're going to talk like this now. Okay. Um, and it's he, he's tasked to reignite the human empire. Oh. I know, yeah. Ooh, that sounds fashy. I know. Yeah, I know, super I know. fashy. <laughs> but I did like, as far as for, you know, like, how, that's the tough thing of, like, how do you describe an alien? Right. Or an alien rice or their wants or needs. So this is... A smorgasbord of weirdo aliens. Okay. You know, even one as far as for like, oh, they're a, they're a caste system, but they're based on smell. So like, there's okay. one point, it's like, oh, he lives in the Jelly City. What's the Jelly City? Oh, the Jelly City is a crashed alien ship from thousands of years ago. It's dying, right. but it's slowly decaying long enough so that the inhabitants can, can uh, you know, get their settlement going. So okay. they're like in this just, just decomposing. That's why they call it the Jelly City, a de- de- giant decomposing alien. 
Oh, wow. That, that's like an alien. It's dead and it's decomposing, but it's decomposing but it's... so slowly, the inhabitants that were inside of it have a chance to like settle and then grow their society. Sorry, wait. So the alien was like a jelly alien? Well, the alien was alive, Okay. but they call his dead body or her dead body. It's dead body, Jelly City. Because it's decomposing. Right, but is it decomposing because, and they call it the Jelly City because... It's goopy. It's goopy. It's goopy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're like, I'm just going to goop into this wall here. Okay, and then so this this alien, this goopy alien that's decomposing, you said that there was other aliens living? Yeah, the alien itself was only a vessel. Throw back to like that 90s Canadian-German sci-fi show Lex. So we're out of technology, you know, more... Alien technology, theoretically, be like, oh, this is a thing that I grew. Or my gun is a weird alive thing that I squeeze and it shoots a, you know, a little dart in your neck. So there's a lot of body horror. And there's a lot of, you know, that's the whole thing. Like, how do you dream up of, like, well, their technology is different. Like, oh, they're crystal monsters. Like, how do you conceptualize that and then drop a guy who just threw up and has to fight for survival, you know, while he's had a terrible headache. Right, right, right. Um, imagine so the hangover. Imagine the hangover. Oh, uh, or just the sleep headache when you sleep too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously there's like, obviously there's going to be tropes of like the one guy who's right. got to do this thing. But I appreciated a long, short, yeah, short story long, the alienness of it. Yeah, yeah, Of like yeah. how unfamiliar it is. So just fast forward a little bit, like, yeah, he's in this Jelly City as a caste system, lower ranks. As long as he's got like a dead one around him, like a scarf, he smells like everybody else, so it's fine. Like the drones, okay. so they're not see, worried. They're 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 not yeah. like oh, like, there's they're an like a live wave, like oh, there's Ted, and it's just like no, that's Ted on John's shoulders because he just smells like the thing. <laughs> right, right, right. So just d- dumb things like not dumb things like that, but the level of it. Right, right, right. I appreciate. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I mean, and uh, and they break it down as far as for days, so it's kind of ambiguous like is he an actual person or is he engineered okay so he has this, he has a mission and his mission is to activate uh some sort of satellite to okay. to send out the message to get the human empire back on its feet okay so so i appreciate the, the alienness of it and he's kind of bumbling so he's still kind of a person like right. he doesn't but what are our people at this point anyways right, right is right. he just engineered to serve a purpose right and he does things. He makes totally, he makes total mistakes. I'm like, oh, I should not let some so and so kill that thing over there because that's wrong. And human mind turns out that was exactly supposed to happen, and that was customary. And he's like, oh, I've made everyone angry at me, and they want to kill me because right. I don't understand alien, right, let alone right. ten thousand years <laughs> worth of alien, you know, politics, religion. Right. Yeah. So he's yeah, he's also kind of bumbling through it. Okay, as he should be. Yeah, like, yeah he just yeah. woke up. He's like he's having a, he's had a bad day, yeah. as the song goes. Oh, why'd you do that? Because I'm a bad person. Yeah, now I'm going to have that song in my head for the next three We're going to leave the podcast with it. No. Oh, God, no. Nobody <laughs> yeah. likes that song. But I get vibes, uh, let's say, Blade Runner, a replicant. Like, what does it mean to be a right, person? Yeah. Uh, vibes of of Moon. Like, is he a clone? Okay. And right. what happens? And that's something that uh, essentially they go through it. It gets more and more alien, like right. caravans of giant living creatures that people live on. He has to get a regular job. So he shovels oh, no. poop from one alien into the mouth of another <laughs> because, yeah, you still have to work. Right. And, you know, he can't work, can't eat. So it's a lot of him eating things. He's not sure he can eat and throwing up. 
Okay. Because he's like, I don't know what that thing was, but I am hungry. Yeah, so, yeah, me yeah. hungry. So, yeah, it, it, definitely fish out of water. Right. And they, yeah, they don't exist. No. No. So, fish out of water, alien in an, in an alien world. And yeah, unfortunately, he's just kind of got programmed. I've got to go to the, do this mission. I've got to go do this mission. That's so. so um, do you, spoilers. Spoilers. Um, does he like realize at one point he's like, I want, I have free will. I can do whatever I want. I don't need to do this mission for this weird fashy humanity. No, nope, he has a voice in his head. He just well, he has just this single purpose drive. So he's kind of okay. you know. Good old stoic guy. Okay. He does succeed. He activates the satellite, and the is interesting... that how it ends? Or no? Then they they uh, what would be in Survivor instead of fast forward? They do a sideways. What do they call in Survivor the TV show when that Survivor um, lost and lost? Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. They did flashbacks, and then they did flash forwards, and then they sideways? did sideways. There was what seemed to be a flash sideways, but it ended okay. up being purgatory. Okay, well, he's not he's right. not in purgatory. Okay. But uh, the interesting thing they do here is uh, they break it up and hard cut, hard left, if you will, yeah. to a different John Prophet on a space station uh, oh. waking out of cryosleep. He has a tail. Oh. <laughs> so his he wakes up with a very single mission right very similar being driven and he's also surrounded by with uh crashed pods of other john prophets who died in the meantime oh so he is so he is a clone he is a clone he is a clone but then he makes you wonder like is all this left of humanity just essentially this guy (laughs) of of like this super soldier so it's like Oh. oh what is a banana oh a banana is only one we only have one type of all bananas are a clone of one banana right right like is this what humanity is reduced to like, unfortunately, oh. the only thing that made it through this test of time was our super soldier model okay. who can do one thing. It's like, oh. well, what else, what else is humanity? And that would make sense. Like, if you create a super soldier, that's all like, super. we, we have to kill everything. and Or just like, who can survive. Right, right. You know. Like, sorry, like if you're a super soldier and your mission is to like um, protect your interests, yeah. right? Like, yeah, you're going to be pretty... Resilient. Resilient and, <laughs> and dare I say, fascist, too. <laughs> like, well, I mean, it, it's, it, I am curious what is the rest of what is left of this human empire. Right. So, so they do that hard left right. to a uh, another John Prophet on a space station. And a very similar situation oh, wow. of he's, he's going through the space station. It's taking days to try and get to some right. objective. He's slowly dying. I'm not sure it's radiation. And he's seeing, like, dead deformed versions of him as well oh like that scene from alien resurrection yeah like, there's a lot of- <laughs> yes <laughs> those are like contemporaries yeah right. so it's a rough one is it gory it is gory nice. i wouldn't say you know too too gory like alien gory yeah aliens right. alien definitely alien gory and plenty of body horror stuff yeah well you showed me that photo of that one dude <laughs> yes. Who's just like a huge head and yeah, then like a little, tiny little, sh- little shriveled up little body. Little titty baby. Little body. titty baby body. <laughs> yes. So, and like, why did that particular one have clones or, or a tail? Like, I guess that was adapted to, uh, if you're in zero gravity, it's good to have a prehensile tail. Yeah, so that you can grab onto things like a spider monkey. Yeah. So, and another fast forward to a uh, planet that was conquered by humans 
and all that's left are, let's say, the uh, sentient exosuits of the John Prophet. Oh, wow. Of that planet. And then it's like, well, they're going to start waking up now. And what is the mission? Right. So I am curious about more. I mean, I'll wait for a sale. But it seems they've been padding things out with each iteration. So they okay. seem to do a different artist team. So when it does shift over, okay. the art's oh, different. Oh, it, it feels different. It, feel, it okay. feels different each time. So I, I enjoyed that. It helped because just completely different scenarios. Right. And you can't always... It, it freshened things up. Right. But there's little tidbits over and over and over and again. So apparently there is some sort of signal that just commands okay all of the all of the john prophets okay but apparently there's a helmet that you can put on to block the that signal. blocks the signal ah. so at, at the end of it one of the john prophets gets the, gets the helmet ah, okay. and it's like dun 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 is this gonna be the john prophet i don't know i felt the... i felt attached to the first guy okay with the, lots of the throwing up right 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 <laughs> <laughs> it would be something I'd do. I'm like, I don't know if I can eat that. Uh, Let's try. Nope. All right. Yeah. Or just have a shitty job, literally. Yeah. Aww. So it's kind of tough that, like, I don't know if just the John Prophet is a con, like a concept. Right. And then that brings in the whole idea of, like, if you're a clone. Yeah. Are you, like, do you have all the same motivations, the same interests, the same um, emotional reaction to things, the same drive the same sort of are you exactly the same in that respect or that's when the nature versus versus nurture aspect of it comes in and it's like if you are the one only john prophet and then you're stuck having to like and like integrate into a society that's sort of like a nightmare world like will that john prophet suddenly find a new motivation that's mm-hmm. going to be different from the John Prophet with the tail, for example. Like, Yeah. yeah. It, it seemed like in the first one, he got hung up. The, uh, shockingly, the plans didn't work. So his journey was taking longer and longer. And then he started doing things that weren't particularly based on the mission. He's like, I have a mission. Is it, does the right. voice of my head tell me to do the mission? I'm like, I'm going to do this. The mission, the voice tell me, don't do that. You're going to stick to the mission. So right. it's like the longer right. he's delayed in completing his mission, Right. Then there's more wiggle room for him to make decisions. Right. And, and then try to want to break yeah. away from the mission. Yeah. So, yeah. But but from a, from a guy who I didn't want to talk to anymore, he made a pretty good recommendation. Yeah, not bad. No, so it's Does fine. Does it make you want to go back to the guy and be like, you know what? No, I told him, like, yeah, thanks. It was a good good recommendation. I went in there a uh, another time since then. But uh, all the ones they recommended were too expensive for me. Oh, okay. So I'm like, you know what? I, you know, we're all trying to be good. Right. But I figure one a month. Yeah, why not? And uh, theoretically, I should just go over to another book. But yeah, if you don't read comic books, there are the good ones that are complex and yeah. mature, not in a sexy way. But <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't dumb things down. I definitely was like, whoa, what's there was a lot of WTF moments. Okay. Which nice. And this isn't obviously not for kids. Uh probably not. I mean there's no boobies. There's okay. no boobaronis. <laughs> Rated T for teen, so teen plus. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, we established that like graphic violence, that's fine. That's fine. You can but... you can expose children to that. It's yeah. when when there's nudity, that's when you have to you have to be concerned at that point. So. Yeah. So I'm curious about the Earth Empire. I'm sure they're not great. No. So I mean we'll humans see. uh 
not exactly known for, I mean, we have our moments. Yeah, we, we yeah. But uh, we are also just trying to survive. <laughs> so, um, this is also a book with a lot of survival. Okay. Yes, as far as for eating weird things, uh, eating your compatriots when they die. Oh, yeah. There's, there's no, there's no, there's, there doesn't seem to be a lot of like humanity. Right. And all you're stuck with is John Prophets right. or clones of John Prophet. Oh, wow. So everyone's just single-minded as far as for survival. So right. Not oh. a lot of, but he does, he does bone an alien. Okay. Yeah. So they don't okay. show it, but it's just like, oh, but the, but the alien does smoke like a weird cigarette. So I appreciate that. Like afterwards? Yeah. yeah he just lights <laughs> up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's good. Hey, you know what? I guess it was good. Yeah, must have been <laughs> something with a bunch of bulbs. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the aliens having a little, having a little tocaroni. Ah, good for them. Yeah, so weird. I don't say I won't say Dooney, but definitely far enough removed. So. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so it was a pleasant surprise. Nice. I know you don't dive comics, <laughs> uh, but the odd occasion, you know what? You could do a lot worse. Like drop a mic. Mic shop, if you will. <laughs> but not in a good way. Nope. Not in a wrestling way. No. No. So you can do a lot worse. Okay, cool. Well yeah. noted. Yeah. So I also appreciated how the author wanted to out Conan Conan. Oh, okay. So cool. it's kind of a space Conan. He for the geeks out there, especially the camp a lot, the uh the first John Prophet, I know I'm rambling, but they give his loadout as far as for survival gear. Okay. Of like a knife. Okay. Knife. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like wire a tarp this and that okay. this and that and he, he lays everything out this is broken i can use this i can use this sideways to the other john prophet they give him almost the exact same things maybe one or two different things okay the third iteration same loadout maybe one or two different things okay. so it's like so he's like a product it's like okay. you rip open the package right john prophet oozes out he's like an action figure he's exactly like an action figure okay and it's different models yeah with maybe just nuances one yeah. with the yeah one with the kung fu tail and then right. the other one with like Techno organic spacesuit that okay. if he eats something it grows back. So oh wow, but is he even a person at that point anymore? Yeah, just a suit carrying around the dead body inside. Yeah, that's sentient. That's uh, that's weird. Yeah. So yeah, it was a good. I was going to say philosophical. And yes, for sure. That that is a more mature word to say. Uh yeah, I'd be curious, especially like I mean, yeah, we were sitting side by side just reading. Yeah. Like I've always wanted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just to hang out, read. Just read together, you yeah. know? Have a tea. Have a tea. Well, I was drinking scotch, actually. Yeah, but, you were getting uh, ripped. I wasn't getting ripped. I was sipping. You blacked out for a little bit. No, I was sipping my uh, Talisker 10-year. Um, I felt like I was uh, in a peat moss bog. Well, it was yeah. Smoky. It was very, yeah. It's it's a, it's an Isla uh, scotch. So books and booze. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> Books, booze, and bodybuilding. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. But I was reading uh, The Terror by Dan Simmons. Nice. And um, You watched that show. Yeah, and that's why I'm reading the book. So apparently Dan Simmons is problematic. Sure. Um, I can't remember why, but like I did read, I read it to you because it was just like, ugh. Yeah. But it was like one of those. We can't like, have nice things. No, it was like one of those, like, um, there's that subreddit, like, men writing women or oh, something okay, like yeah. that, where it's just basically, like, finding parts of books where men write, like, oh, she walked down the stairs boobily or whatever, right? <laughs> yep. I know so, I do. <laughs> so it was like one of those, I was just like, oh, this is happening in, like, the first 20 pages of the book. Like, this book is 700 pages. Am I going to be able to get through all of this? Like heaving bosoms. 
But that's the thing. Moist chasms. So the book is historical fiction. It's um, the Franklin expedition, where uh, the Erebus and the Terror, they um, were trying to find uh, the Northwest Passage. Uh, Like, basically, they wanted to cut through the Arctic from England to, to China, essentially. A lot easier to do now. A lot easier to do now, but in the 1800s, yeah. um, it wasn't. And so in the 1800s, because there was no Panama Canal, um, basically they had to either like go all the across the Atlantic, go all the way south of South America, cut through the Pacific, or I, I don't know if they did this often, maybe they couldn't. I guess they could go all the way down south under africa go through the indian ocean to a lot China. of scurvy and dead people right or if they could maybe cut uh through like the mediterranean into like that strait in the middle east and then get out into the indian ocean that way i don't know if they they managed to do that but nonetheless they thought hey if we cut through the arctic it would be a lot faster um this is in my wheelhouse because of guys biting off more than they can chew right and just going for it right and then like having to eat their friends well so basically yeah so what happened was um this is real this actually this this expedition the franklin expedition actually happened um they never made it home like they left and they never came back missing in action dan simmons wrote this book i think like 10 15 years ago in the in the years since they have found the boats at the bottom of the the arctic ocean um, but Dan Simmons, you know, just because of the imagination of, of what that could have done, he wrote a book about it. And it's like, you know, on one level, it's the horror of, um, uh, being caught in the Arctic. Um, it's the horror of, um, so the elements, just it being so cold up there, right? Alien, if you will. Alien, if you will. And then there's also the element of like, um, people snapping, people snapping, like, uh, what do you call it? Uh. What's that thing? Uh, cabin fever. Cabin fever. Um, and then you are there and you're stuck in the ice and you have no more food. So what do you do then? Like, And then Dan Simmons introduces an element of a, a supernatural creature. Um, and so this book was a bestseller at the time. A person bought the rights to it, made a miniseries. It was on AMC a few years ago, which I happened to watch. And I actually really enjoyed it. So I was enjoying this and I, I found out, oh, it's based on a book. And I have this habit of like watching something that's based on a book and then being like, oh, the book must go so much more in depth. You, there's probably like subtext that you don't, you can't quite do on a TV show, right? You have time constraints and, and then, budget constraints. And also like, you know, a book gives you the element of like, oh, he thought this or he recalled this, you know, a, 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 to, to turn that into like a movie or a TV show. It's a little difficult. Like some things get lost. So I was thinking like, oh, given that it's a 700 page book, there might be a lot more to the story if you read it. So we'll see. I fear, though, because I've had a few instances where I've gone and read, I've watched something, really enjoyed it, thinking like, oh, wow, well, the book must be so much better. And it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, they nailed it. The show, the movie, they crushed it. Yeah. Or they made it manage to elevate something that wasn't that great to begin with. Like, so Annihilation, the Jeff Vandermeer book. I'm sure if I read it first, it would be a different story. But I saw the movie first, and I really liked the movie. We saw it in the theater. We did see it in the theater in the before times. Um, so it made me curious. Like, oh, I'm like, I wonder how the book is. And the book is not the same thing. Now, I don't want to say that the book is bad. It's just um, 
I don't and I think another element is the movie was made by Alex Garland and he's 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 got great visuals and the music for that movie especially in the end in the last sequence there um really helped create atmosphere and I feel like it's those kind of flourishes maybe that made you me really it. like that that movie so it wasn't necessarily even the story it was just how it was made um so the book it's I ended up reading the whole Southern Reach trilogy and I was underwhelmed. I didn't really care for it. Maybe that's why I don't read series. I was just like, I don't want to get invested in something and then realize I don't care. If I tough it out for two books. Right. Or and, eight. And like for me, I had this issue with follow through. Like I will start something and I don't finish it. And for me, reading is kind of teaching me like, no, you have to, when you start something, you finish it. So I very, 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 very rarely do not finish a book. So that's why I'm just like, I can't start series or else... I, I'll feel compelled small. to read the whole thing, and I, I don't want to do that. Might take away the enjoyment. Right. Uh, the first season of Big Little Lies was really, really good, and I was like, oh, I can only imagine how good the book was. And I read the book, uh, first Leanne Moriarty book, and only Leanne Moriarty book. The show is so much better than the book. Wow. The book is, like, terrible pop fiction. It's actually pretty... It got a punch-up. Um, it, it, it's actually just sort of like a, a generic sort of thriller sure. um, that has like certain elements of it that you, if put in the, the right hands could be um, literary fiction, if you will, but it's not. It's really, it's just sort of your typical pop fiction thriller book and it's not, personally, I thought it was really, really underwhelming compared to the first season of Big Little Lies, which I thought was very, very good. The second season, not so much, but um, so now I'm just sort of like, oh, what's this gonna be like? Is it gonna be better than the 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 series? Because I really, really liked the series, but we'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers well, that crossed. off the top of my head makes me think of sometimes why I I'll read something schlocky. Yeah. Because there might be a seed right. of a good idea that could be cultivated, and then you get like you're saying, like I read this, but under the, these conditions, right. it's so much better. Not that I, I'll read something like, oh, I could do that better. Right. But I do recommend, not that anyone who writes, uh, a lot of authors have mentioned yeah, just read terrible stuff. And then you realize, like, oh, yeah, yeah, they published this. Right. You know? <laughs> so if I take this terrible story and make it better. Or just in general, like, don't be afraid of, of writing because right. you can see, like, oh, wow, that's that's some dookie. Right. Um, I can do better. Right. Or just or just learn from their mistakes or just the, the formula. So sometimes right. for Schlock, it's it's pure pure entertainment. Uh, for pure cheese, growing right. up on straight-to-video action movies, too right. many video games, professional wrestling, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bad sci-fi. But right. a lot of the time for Schlock, is like, oh, that is the the one idea, and they had to try and write wrap a book around it right. or a novella around it. Right. I see what you're saying. Or they're yeah, like, yeah. this beat, yes. Uh, then they, this is for, this is clearly filler and they're just waiting to get to this, right. this one hook or right. the last, the, the last push. Right. So you, you can theoretically see like the, uh, the good stuff right? or the catalyst of like, oh, that, this is just, you know, edgy, cool guy who wears sunglasses at night, has machine guns and right. threesomes. Right, right, right. But <laughs> <laughs> that is one that I'm working on right now, but <laughs> named the striker. Um, but then there might be a thing as far as for like a geopolitical thing added in right. there. Like that, that is that is actually the interesting part. Right. Less more of that, less, less of the of... two machine of the two M sixteens. Yeah. Right, right. 
just interesting. It's like watching a bad movie. Like, oh, that was the good part. Right. That they had the idea of, you know, Mark Hamill turning into a beetle. Right. I.e. the Giver. Right. Yeah. So. Or you think of a movie like, um, not quite the same, but it be, I just thought like, yeah, sometimes you just want to keep it simple and then it's fine. Like I'm thinking of like the Raid Redemption or um, yes. the Dread movie. Yeah. Where it's just like, you know what? No, we've got like one building, one mm-hmm. complex. And you have to make your way through it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you, you got one really good concept and you don't need to add everything around it to like try and elevate it or make it more than it is. Just, just. Let's do this part well. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, unfortunately, sometimes people, you can tell it's like, okay, they had that action sequence in mind. They really wanted to do that. But they needed to find like a reason for that to happen. You'll like see- you'll see motivations of like why nobody talks that way or nobody acts that way. No. Um, that and you realize, oh, that's all in service of the plot to get to this one particular mm-hmm. sequence that the person wanted to make. Like, I'm sure Michael Bay, that's how he writes his movies. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you see that a lot in 70s Giallo, Giallo, like the Italian slasher thrillers. Right. They'll write the kills first. Right. And then yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. okay, well, why does, why is it even, how, how why is it called this four, four flies on Grey Bella? Bella Four flies on grave belt. So they have to like reverse engineer right. the story from the kills. Right. And like, oh, we're going to use these cameras for this kill because it can shoot, you know, 3,000 frames per second. Right. And so they have to, do... yeah. Yeah. But, um, and, and then also just the idea of like a working out there as far as for somebody who's got to crank out, you know, words per minute. Right. So there, there's going to be some filler. There's going to be some schlock. Right. But what, you know, what interesting stuff can you come up with in that, that deadline? Right. Or that, those that limitations. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. Especially if you're, like, your whole thing is about cranking out as many, like, novels as possible to get yeah. them on shelves. You know, to... it's some, like, professor or, like, who, who spends, like, 30 years to write. Right. A, that one book and it's just basically, you know, yeah. masturbatory or something like that. Yeah, like, it makes me think of, some like. trust fund kid. Um, it makes me think of like um, back when I first started reading when I was a kid. I used to read Fear Street books, and like, too scary. <laughs> and like R.L. Stein not only wrote Fear Street, but he also wrote Goosebumps, right? And also those, too scary. Those books, there was a new one every month, and yeah. like I would get excited because uh, you know it would be the let's say the third Saturday of the month. I'd know like oh today I get to go to Kohl's. I'm gonna get a new R.L. Stein book. Um, so. Yeah, so he was just cranking them out because he he had had to have one every month, right? Yeah. So you said there's limitations, we can work within it. If he didn't also just have like a million ghostwriters, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a few other writers like James Patterson comes to mind, and like Jody Picot, and um, I don't read those books, but I see them at, at Shoppers Drug Mart all the time, all the time. And there's always like yeah, there's always a new one. So yeah, um, and then you have like literary fiction where people take their time and they'll have a book and it comes out every couple of years and it's a big deal when this person has a new book like this past year Altessa Mashpe got it, had a new book Labona, and I was really excited about it I bought it without knowing a single thing about it because I was I read her prior books and what's I, her name Altessa Moshfeg okay she her biggest the one that everybody kind of knows about her is my year of rest and relaxation that sounds nice uh <laughs> can I take a year uh, well, in the book, uh, this person is just is very depressed. You find out in Same. the book why, and um, uh, they just find a really unethical um, psychiatrist and yeah. manipulate them into giving them like all the 
the sleeping drugs as possible so that they can literally sleep for a year. Nice. Um, it's not what happens, no. but nonetheless, um, it was about. one of those books that ended up on TikTok and it was like hot girl book or that girl book <laughs> or whatever. And it was like this thing. And everybody was like, oh my God, Tess Moshvig, she's so great. And it's like, did you read any of our other books? Because they're nothing like that. Uh-oh, one. you're and checking so, for cred. And then, well, no, I'm not checking for credit. It's just really interesting because it's like, yeah, I can see how that book has an appeal to certain people, but her other books are nothing like that oh, one, okay. right? Um, and so when her new book came, and the thing is, like I said, I my year of rest and relaxation wasn't the first book of hers that I read. So um, I was a, a fan of hers before I read oh, that one. And I, I, I did really like that book too. I read it in one sitting. Um, so her new book, Lapona, comes out and it's, it's uh, set in a fictitious medieval town and um, it's there's like an evil king and, and uh, oh, no. this poor child who's being, you know, he's being abused by his father and his mother's not there and all this. It's just, it's nothing like my year in rest and relaxation. And it was just really interesting to see people saying like, I was really disappointed by yep. this book. And it's like, yeah, because... Fickle. It's it's well no and it's also like yeah you you thought Atasha Moshvig wrote a certain type of book and you know sure my rest my year of rest and relaxation kind of fell into this um this sort of uh, I guess aesthetic book aesthetic that you it's know, a thing yeah that kids kids the flame you know, of that the like twenty year olds like to read and uh and then they think like oh yeah yeah she's a great author and then it's like well okay what else have you read and then they read Labona and they're like That's, this isn't my year and rest of relaxation it's like no different one every time all her books are incredibly different <laughs> like you're you're uh yeah you but i i really liked it but i i kind of knew what to expect because she's she described you put in the work well, and she also describes her um, her goal is to um, find the beauty in the grotesque. Oh, no. She, uh, her, the analogy she uses for what she, the type of writing she likes to do is um, just think of Kate Moss taking a shit. Please, no. <laughs> and so... Lots of cigarettes and coffee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, and she's British. Uh, bangers <laughs> and mash. Yeah, I, I don't think those are solid. But anyway, I digress. Um Point is when when the author describes what they're going for is that um, for me I'm just like okay what does that mean and then it makes me want to read and it's they're all incredible it's not as explicitly scatological I'm glad <laughs> um, but the coloring book but it's you read these books and you're just like oh god what am I reading like there's something about it that kind of turns your stomach but it's so engaging at the same time so all right yeah I'm not gonna read any of her books. Just right. Because you mentioned what, what, Kate Moss, I don't what, like Kate Moss. I don't want to imagine her number two in. I don't think you would like to imagine anybody number two in. I don't. No, Do I'm remember, okay with the puking. <laughs> the other side, not so. Yeah. Well. You remember that time we were walking, and I, I for for some stupid reason, I was like, "Hey, look at that! Look at that dog!" And that dog was pooping, and you were like, "Why would you tell me to look at a dog taking a shit?" Yeah, and that dog like... needs a privacy. Dogs are always very pensive when they they're very vulnerable. Yeah, and you're like, "Hey, look at that dog!" <laughs> that dog's like, "What the hell? no?" And then you're like, oh, "That dog's pooing." I don't yeah. Know. I, well, you were also we... at the uh, the high Park Zoo, <laughs> the buffalo enclosure, and you're like, "Hey, check out that giant piece of shit!" Like, why would you want me to go look at a random? It was 
an impressive pile of it shit. It was Jurassic Park Triceratops. Yeah, level. it was. It that was a lot of shit. It was noteworthy. Of the all amount the things to see, to wish me to see. <laughs> hey, here's a butterfly. Oh, hey, here's an ice cream cart. Yeah, these are all things no. that is not on my list. Okay, well, I learned my lesson, and I haven't done it since. You well, actually, you did it when you showed that the dog duking. That was since. That was after the. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was probably like hopped up on caffeine. Just like <laughs> that's what you call it, caffeine. No, ca- well, what are you implying? I don't know, but a hop up on caffeine is that much of a behavioral change for you? I mean, so um, I'm. If, you have low tolerance caffeine. No, um, I, I, you of all people should know this, and I'm sure people who've listened to the podcast and heard me on it before know that I am a toxosaurus. So sometimes I'm hopped up on caffeine and I'm even more of a Takasaurus and I'm just finding a reason to speak. And so (laughs) I saw a dog taking a shit and instead of just just keeping that to myself, I needed to say something because I can't stop talking. Okay. And so I am going to tell John, hey, John, or Swamp Ninja, look at... We'll tell John to tell Swamp Ninja. (laughs) To look at that dog taking a shit. Yeah, both of us were unimpressed yeah. and disgusted. And the dog violated, I'm sure, in some way. Vulnerable. Sure. Man's best friend. I'm sure the dog forgot like minutes after. <laughs> after and probably took a bite out of it. Yeah, probably. Or another dog took a bite out of it. Yeah. Then you'd be like, hey, hey, Swampy, take a look at this. That dog is eating that other dog's poop. Yep. It's fine, though. They have the cleanest mouths of most animals. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. And, I mean, they're cropophagic. They have to be because they clean themselves. Yeah. So. You know. They, they don't do it for pleasure. No, no, it's 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 because they it's not because they enjoy eating. They're not perverts. They're not weird scat perverts. Uh no, they they need to have the ability to eat feces so that they can adequately groom themselves. Yeah. So cats are the same way. Oh wow. Yeah. 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 No, they're not. They're not. They're not doing analingus on themselves. Where <laughs> it's I wasn't expecting. To they're they're. Uh, Auto analingus. I don't know about your cat. He seems pretty, pretty, he's pretty into it. He likes to air out his taint. He does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right by the crack of the door. So he gets a breeze on it. Yeah, like a weird yeah. sex pervert. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Goodness gracious. This, uh, this has gone off the rails. It didn't take long. Yeah. Yeah. And. Anyway, anyway. Uh, any books that you uh, are looking forward to reading? Um, I have one set aside, and the cat's probably on it. Let's see. Uh, well, while uh, Swamp Ninja's doing that, I uh, I had mentioned a book uh, on the podcast a few weeks ago called uh, At Night, All Blood is Black by David Diop. Um, I did end up reading it, and I enjoyed it. Uh, just thought to let people know, it is a French book. Um, it is about a... Senegalese uh, man who chooses to fight for France during World War One, um, and uh, he is asked by his um, childhood best friend to kill him after his childhood best friend is um, maimed in battle, and um, uh, his childhood best friend is like, "Put me out of my misery." And then the book is just sort of the. Um, after effects of, of his decision. And um, it is actually the winner of the 2021 International Booker Prize. The International Booker Prize is the best book that was translated into English that year. Nice. So it was uh, written in French originally. 
and it was translated. I want to give proper credit to the translator, uh, Anna Moshkovakis. It is a very good book, and uh, I reckon it's pretty um, uh, brutal, but it was a very interesting book, and I highly recommend it. I also recommend uh, Why Fish Don't Exist, although I did kind of spoil it in this podcast. Um, but if you want to hear, uh, if you want to read it for yourself, I recommend it. Sure. And I'll give the thumbs up for Cryosleep Vomit yeah. to Profit. Nice. And it is, off the top of my head, Profit, Remission 1, collections of several issues by Brendan Graham. Cool. Or by Simon Roy. Nice. So weird space stuff. So nice. enjoy. Uh, later on, I'll be working on Giant Meteor Impact by J.C. Enver. Nice. Where and... did you find that? That's old. <laughs> gross, huh? No, it's not gross. Actually, it's pretty cool. It's I vintage. know. It is vintage. So it is old. That's why I have to read it delicately. Oh, okay. But, uh, is it like a Value Village find? Or... I, well, you know, I don't want to give up the beats. There's a story to this book. Oh, okay. And uh, I, we will mention it. Okay. Yes, we will mention it next time oh. we catch up. So I'll try and read more. Please. Words good, hard words. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the next time we do this, hopefully I will have finished the terror. Good. And I can let you know whether or not. Uh, the, now, is there a terror season two book? Because that's be my wheelhouse. No, terror season two is a completely... Um, original story they wrote for specifically for that terror season two took place in japanese and german camp during world war ii and um, also a nightmare reality yeah also a nightmare reality and it's also again like the whole idea of like the circumstances they're in is a nightmare and then living amongst these people um you know dealing with the human element is a nightmare in that circumstance and then some spooky there's a spooky element on top of it as well so um, so yeah, but I, as far as I know, it was a completely original story for season two. Nice. Yeah. Good. But that'd be my wheelhouse of the novelization of something. Yeah, 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 exactly. So there we go. That, yeah. So. So uh, I'll keep my eye out. I'll let you like know. Like Lawnmower Man 2, the novelization. Oh, okay. Because Lawnmower Man is a short story by Stephen King. Stephen King. There Part you go. Two, yes. So lots of, well, I don't say hack writers, but lots of writers who are like, we need a book. Right. In Two, in three weeks because exactly. the movie's dropping and right. you're going to find this at your local grocery store right. in the little rack of books. Exactly. Yeah, and then lost the time. Yep. Yeah, so that's what I would pick up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. And as far as for geeking, something just to pad, not to pad out time, but Star Wars Yeah. is a book series, is a, a film series, also a comic book. So today I was a bad boy. Okay. Geek related, swung by GameStop and picked up a Star Wars character from the Star Wars comic books. Cool. His name is. Um, I don't know how to pronounce that. It's it black. I know how to pronounce black, but the the name is Kersatan. Yes, he is K R R S A N T A N. He is a, a Wookiee bounty hunter, maybe hitman guy from the comic books, and lately the Boba Fett the Boba Fett. So 
He's very cool looking, I have to say. He could be he could be bigger. He could be bigger. I do like big boys. But he's pretty mean looking. Though. Yes. Yes. He came from a comic book. Yeah. That had words in his literature. Yes. So maybe I have to get a Star Wars comic now. We'll see. Yeah, well I want to put him on my bookshelf along with my other Wookiees. Yes. That is in the game plan. Yeah. So I have no, that's not true. I have one Chewbacca. Yes. And he's the smallest one of my Wookiees. That's the Chewbacca. Yes, I got you that Chewbacca. Yeah. And then my he's other... from the nineties. Yeah. And then there's there's the two Wookiee warriors from Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And then there's the the big Wookiee from Knights of the Old Republic. I a think. video game, a not video a book. Video game. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, it's growing. Yeah. So I can add him to the the collection. The collection of Wookiees on yes. my bookshelf. Yeah. With actual books as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you have to balance out the uh, the smart with the dumb. Uh yeah. That's it's that's that's what life is, right? Balance. Yeah. So. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I hope everyone finds balance. Yeah. Even if it's just for like a day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, equilibrium. Here you go. There we go. Here we go. Yeah. Um, so this is a fun experiment. I read something. Yeah. You, you've read several things. At least I, I got, I'm catching baby steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby steps. But uh, swing on by. Yeah. Two BD pods. Yeah. Lots uh, of fun stuff. This is definitely different than usual. Yeah. Usually with the two BD pods, um, we got Geek Street where... Uh, Basically, uh, exennials or geriatric millennials, if you will, uh, get together to talk about uh, crippling nostalgia. Kill it, yeah, exactly. The things from their childhood that uh, they were seeking refuge in. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of fetal a lot of rocking back and forth. Right. On our phones, on Amazon yeah. or eBay. It uh, is. It's the new uh, midlife crisis, yes, if you will. Yes. I am not going to get. Uh, a Miata or no, a... <laughs> no. The Trans Am. You don't have a secretary to bang. No, so. no second, no assistant. No. no, I don't have an apartment in the city. No, no, I don't have. Uh, I'm not a member of a golf club. No, no, um, I don't go to conferences. I did go to one conference, and there was a lot of banging, but uh, not for you. Not for me. <laughs> not for me. I hate a lot of text mix. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so this... Uh, <laughs> anyway, this, as, we, as all podcasts go when the yeah. people say, anyway. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, this was a little different than usual. I had fun. I had fun. Too. I mean, an excuse to talk about books, I'll take it. Uh, well, I'm glad you got a chance to talk about books. Thank you. And I'm glad I got to talk about weirdo aliens. Yes. And how our planet will be warped long after we are gone and yet still somehow okay. Right. You know. I mean, we won't be okay. No. We won't be around anymore. Yeah, we won't but care. the planet will be fine. Yeah. So. Yeah. Shout out to the scarabs. It's their turn. <laughs> but uh, for episodes, swing on by. It's at 2BD Pod on Twitter. And from there, you'll find links to Instagram at 2BD Pods with a Z. All the podcast platforms, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Obviously, Podbean is how we're recording this. Lots of options. All the links are usually at the good old Twitter at 2 Pod. So swing on by, post dumb stuff. We should post more dumb stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just too busy doom scrolling. That's the problem. Yeah, you have to stop doing that. I do have to stop doing that. Maybe your your crippling depression wouldn't be so bad if you yeah. uh, if you weren't you know reading if it wasn't so... about the world ending. Yeah, yeah. The crumbles. The yeah. Show to the crumbles. Living through the crumbles, man. Hell yeah. Uh, oh God, Randy Quaid is trending right now. I do oh, not want to know no. why. 
Uh, so is Jesus and Kanye and Shazam. So well, Shazam apparently is bombing this weekend. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I have no, I'm not involved. Yeah. I have nothing to do with it. Yeah, aren't you more of a Marvel head than a DC fanboy? Um, I was. They're more of the common man. You know. Right, yeah. You know, they had terrible jobs. They got evicted. Right. They weren't just billionaires. Or like. Weird alien Jesuses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Although we could use a weird alien Jesus. Right now, I'd be yeah. fine, yeah. I mean, you said Jesus was trending. I mean, did the rapture happen? Uh, uh <laughs> we're still here. <laughs> It's uh, the, us and the cats are still here, I'm but that saying, doesn't say anything. You're, no, no, no. They have eight more lives to go through. Imagine the rapture happens and nobody gets raptured because like, we're all we're all shitheads. We're all shitheads. <laughs> Even the best person on the planet yeah. is a shithead. Yeah, I, I wouldn't feel so bad about myself all the time having yeah. having Catholic guilt. Yeah, yeah having yeah. that instill, instilled right. with me for decades. Exactly. So that's fine. Yeah, I'm like, whew. <laughs> Jesus comes down and yeah. he's just like nope. nobody <laughs> really. Well, see you. <sighs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> I like to make that noise. Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, I guess. Uh, excuse me while I eat this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Put on the shoulder pads and the uh, apocalyptic gear. Yeah, there my, you go. My, uh, my, my, my pills against radiation. Yes. How does how does the algorithm say? Iodide. Iodide. Get yeah. my iodide. Yeah, oh, I need iodide. to get my own. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna contact the Pickering Power Plant and yeah. ask, hey, can you hook me up with some iodine pills, please? They'll give you some free ones, everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Don't go on some weird TikToker and buy fake ones with, with spider eggs in them. No, um, the Pickering Power Plant. You have to live within 50 kilometers of the Pickering Power Plant for okay. them to give you free ones. PPP. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, the triple P, right? Yeah, bold move. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're like trying to like the Pickering power plant is in a meltdown or power failure. Pickering power plant, power failure. I feel like it should be easier to say if there's an emergency. Power pooped. Yeah, same here. Anyway, I think we were we're trying to wind this down. We did. We it's did. over. It's over. But yeah, try and try and set aside some time to read something. Yeah. Anything. You know, yeah. Spare your battery and your phone for a bit. Yeah. You know, get it. Read something dumb. Read something good. Yeah. You'll you'll be the judge of that. Exactly. Excellent. As long as you're you're reading. Yep. All right. Well, I'm gonna try and get reading a bit more and work on my words. So, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining me. No problem. And telling me about cool books and uh, a science guy who shockingly turned out to be a dookie man. Uh, to the extreme. Yeah. To the extreme, yeah. Yeah, it's such a dookie man that like two universities took down his statue. Well, I'm glad they did. Same here. That's it. Yes. On that note, uh, everyone's trying to be good. And dare to be stupid. Yes. 